0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is October 3rd, 2022. So as we do each week, let's begin by taking a brief moment of silence to link up with each other and with the worldwide network of triangles, followed
1: by the sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O oh Lord, of life
0: and love about the need. Touch our hearts
1: anew with love, that we too may love and give. That mantra
0: really sums up the reason why we come together each week to participate in this work of triangles whose aim is to love and spread this sense of givingness to others and to the entire planet. And so we really appreciate all of your steadfast participation in this work, in this time of challenge within our planetary life. And we also come together to introduce this planetary service of triangles to people who are new to it. So if you're new to this work, we welcome you and thank you for stopping by. And we hope that you will find in this service um, a daily practice that gives you a sense of participating and uh, doing what you can to meet the need in our planet. And those of us who are already members of Triangles, we come together to participate in a meditative visualization, in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. And anyone here today, whether new or an old time Triangles member, please feel free to reach out. This is an opportunity, this space is an opportunity to place your name in the chat box and form new Triangles um, because everyone can participate in a number of Triangles, if they so desire. And this is a place, an opportunity to meet new Triangles partners, as is our website, triangles.org, as is our Triangles Meditation Group Facebook page. So there are various ways to meet Triangles uh, partners. Also, within your circle of your family and friends, anyone who believes in the power of thought, um, they can be approached doesn't have to be someone who's interested in esoteric teachings. It's a simple technique. It uses the power of thought. And through that means we can uplift and help to transform the consciousness of our planet. Our work is to move to change the planetary network from its present largely system of squares which are reflective of the personality into a network of triangles which is reflective of the soul and the quality aspect and we need to bring that soul to birth in our world and so the more triangles we form and the more actively we reach out to educate others about this simple service activity the more fully we can play our part in strengthening the network So to do the daily work, you simply link up with two other partners and you visualize a golden triangle of light between the three points of your triangle and see that light circulating in all directions. And then you link with all other triangles partners throughout the world. And as you do, you sound the great invocation, which is a world prayer that is keenly suited to the distribution and the release of the energies of light and goodwill into the atmosphere. It's a simple service, takes only a few minutes each day, and therefore it can be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So again, we encourage you to reach out to one another. And today we have a little bit of a change of focus. We do not have a, uh, a guest speaker today. And so we'll hopefully have all of you actively engaged in raising your hands or sharing in the chat box to share your ideas on this theme of challenges on the spiritual path in a time of transition. And so please keep put on your thinking caps and your bold sharing capabilities, and um, please feel free to participate in the discussion group, which will come after our meditation. So we begin, as always, with a brief visualization of the Triangles Network.
1: So let's come together as a group, visualizing our planet as an already sacred planet, as a sphere of light And within that sphere, visualize a triangle. This is the triangle
0: of the three planetary centers that are coming into relationship at this time, the first time
1: in planetary history. The planetary head center, Shambhala, the mediating, planetary heart center of the spiritual hierarchy and the creative throat center, humanity. Visualize the energies flowing in all direction
0: around the triangle from point to point, merging
1: and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. now superimpose upon that triangle a five-pointed indigo star the star of the world teacher linking east and west past and future radiating the energy of love wisdom At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his
0: consciousness,
1: the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the star through the five points. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening
0: small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus, and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human
1: relations, restoring peace on earth. Linking with the group Soul We sounds the invocation of light.
0: Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus, with the light, we
1: work and turn the darkness into day. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned today, our theme
0: is challenges on the path during a time of transition. And so I'm sure all of us have had uh, our challenges on the path,
1: and most of them perhaps unexpected challenges, but it's important to realize
0: that We're not alone, and that's why it's um, perhaps uh, helpful to support one another in our journey along the way. For each of us has our own unique challenges, some of which are karmic in nature and others related to the particular place upon the path and the issues that are involved in that place. But increasingly, because we know we're moving into a time of group initiation, the challenges confronting us may very well be related to the group, the nation, and to the planetary uh, challenges that are part of the path on this planet, which is an initiatory, in the midst of an initiatory process it's also helpful to realize, thinking of the larger perspective in which we're a part to know that we stand upon the periphery of the great ashram of the spiritual hierarchy. And as such, we're participating in the pressures and the initiatory process that's going on within that center. And also as disciples, we stand as brain cells within the the body of the planetary logos himself. And so we know that he is also passing through a cosmic initiation and such being part of his body on our own scale, we're taking part in that larger process. As above, so below. So we're now all passing through a momentous initiatory cycle on all levels within this planet. But humanity tends to be so self-centered that we might not recognize or even consider the prospects facing others whose challenges and responsibilities are so much greater than our own. For example, the challenges confronting the great lives that hold the destiny of the planet in their hands These challenges make our own pale in comparison, but nonetheless, it is true that initiation on whatever level is not a normal process and it is a challenge, but it is also a privilege and an opportunity. It's said that souls on other planets, except for Mars and Saturn, do not go through this initiatory process. And on Earth, it's said to be the most difficult of all. Souls on other planets were told go through a much slower and travel on a much safer evolutionary journey. Our planet, however, is involved in an experiment, a forcing process, and this experiment is not without its risks. There are many casualties is it's not an easy process. And particularly at this time, because of the foment that naturally arises preparatory to the externalization of the hierarchy. We therefore have to have compassion for the many who crack under the strain that is so general and widespread, confronting people at all levels today. We're living in a time wherein there's a massive confluence of energies that are generating tremendous pressures, not only on human consciousness, but also upon the very fabric of the planetary etheric body. Hence the need for increased vigilance on the part of all triangles workers to help in the needed strengthening of the network. Unfortunately, many approach the stimulation of these times and enter onto the spiritual path with a type of fast food mentality, expecting instantaneous results, perhaps from a weekend workshop or an online seminar. And there are unfortunately all too many teachers who are more than willing to offer promises of rapid realization, often through unwise spiritual practices. It's helpful therefore to keep in mind that despite the speeding up of the processes of initiation, initiation in and of itself is nonetheless a long, slow process and safeguards are needed in order to minimize its dangers. But we could say that in olden times, the path could have been compared to walking down a country lane, whereas today, It is undoubtedly the case that things are speeding up. And it might be said that we're driving down a superhighway. In the past, seekers lived in remote areas of the planet and one by one entered into caves and meditated for years. Or developed under the care of small groups with teachers and masters in secluded parts of the planet, such as ancient India or the monasteries in Europe, cared for in a quiet and regulated manner behind the scenes. In many ways, it was a safer and slower way, perhaps easier in many ways, without the complexities of our contemporary world. But the processes of a group approach to initiation had to be instituted now because of the sheer number of people today who are seeking spiritual training. The masters could no longer meet this need as they're busy preparing for the externalization and the responsibility for the training of students was therefore placed in the hands of disciples, in schools of training and through the many books that have come out. But interestingly, enough, this whole process of initiation is said to relate not so much to the need of humanity, but rather to the need of the Logos himself. It's said that he has a limited amount of time for his incarnation, just as do you and I. And on account of this, the processes of initiation had to be speeded up in order to meet the need of the sheer numbers of people, applying today within this limited amount of time. And in relation to this, we have to keep in mind the need for speed, not in the sense of practicing kundalini exercises, but rather in applying ourselves to the principles of the tried and true Raja Yoga techniques. It's helpful in this regard to keep in mind that the training had to be externalized and therefore there are no longer the safeguards to protect students that were in place in days gone by. People today have to tread the path in the midst of all the challenges of living in this world, in the so-called jungles of the West, the major cities of the world. And everyone has to deal with the concentration of energies that are pouring in and the consequent stimulation that's impacting all of our brain cells. We can perhaps see parallels of this speeding up process in the symbol of the scaling of the great peaks that is so widespread by climbers today. The first scaling of Everest was in 1952, and now it is a commonplace occurrence and hundreds are reaching that summit and many others are scaling other summits. But there are many casualties in this practice. And just this past week, one of the best female climbers lost her life on the way down. It seems a considerable number of climbers die on the way down from the peak. It might be that as a consequence of the tremendous effort needed on the ascent and the fading exuberance that occurs on the descent, plus the fatigue and the loss of adrenaline, that one's guard is perhaps relaxed a bit on the descent. And as a result, there are many casualties. And perhaps this is a reason why spiritual seekers of the world are cautioned to moving too fast to the summits and are therefore prohibited from doing so by the teachers for their own protection For the inner teachers know all too well the dangers of a premature entry into the heights. Therefore, one of the major challenges today is the need for discrimination and the dangers that ensue if it is lacking. The world, as I mentioned, is full of teachers and teachings and many people simply are unable to determine which path of all of the many paths is the best and safest for them to follow. And as a consequence, people are easily led astray by the many teachers who have no idea of the dangers they're promulgating. Many of the teachers are advocating spiritual practices that are unsafe for beginners on the path and which in olden times were kept safely guarded in the hands of teachers who were able to guide their chaylas and who knew if or when their students were ready to handle more advanced techniques. Today, people often expect these instantaneous results from their practices. They want to achieve an unfoldment of their chakra systems. They want to raise their kundalini through long meditations and breathing exercises, rather than placing the focus on the needed preparatory work, the work of integration of the lower vehicles and the practicing of the golden rule and lives of service. Unwise spiritual practices can lead to what the Tibetan called the occult wrecks that are everywhere seen today, people whose, whose lives have been damaged by unwise spiritual practices that open up portals within the subtle and delicate systems within the body which cannot then be easily shut down, even if one wishes to. The wise student, therefore, the one who makes the most progress in the long run is the one who follows the recommended sequence
1: and makes haste slowly. Let's well, now come together in our meditation, focusing ourselves as a group upon the mental plane, taking our stand within the center of the event arm cross, linking as a soul,
0: as a point of love and light, with all people throughout the world who are
1: working with this triangle's meditation group. We project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center, Shambhala, and sound the affirmation of the will. In the center, Of the will of God, I stand. Nought
0: shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will
1: within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Hold the group mind open and receptive to the impouring energy of love. precipitation. Visualize the
0: energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point, flowing out through the network into the hearts and
1: minds of all people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions
0: within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness,
1: establishing right human relationships. Sound together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them.
0: I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt.
1: let
0: inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone.
1: Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles see new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or
0: aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all
1: little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call
0: the human race,
1: Om <sighs> Thank you, everyone. And
0: now we come to the portion of the webinar where we look forward to hearing from you, either raising your hand and sharing your thoughts audibly, any questions or comments or responses to these questions that we have or any other aspect of this topic of challenges on the spiritual path during this time of transition would be really... um, Oh, here's a a hand raised, David. Hi, David. Oops, you seem to have
1: disappeared. Let's see, I'll find you. Oh,
2: Kathy, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hi, David. Oh, great. Yes, uh, I just wanted to share my experiences with everybody based on what you've taught us today. I tried very to go very fast in my spiritual, quote-unquote, development, and it had the effect of putting me in a mental institution for two weeks because I went too fast and too far. Mm. As you had said about the climbers, descend uh, with the same alertness that you would if you were on the ascent. And I just want to share what the Tibetan says about this. He says, make haste slowly. Yeah. Sit lightly in the saddle. And don't be impressed with phenomena, because that that one impressed with phenomena can goad you to go too fast. You can't open the flower prematurely because it's very dangerous. I just wanted to share that with everybody, and uh, and one more thing: the arcane school is an excellent uh, medium for make haste slowly. So, if I, I recommend anyone out there that is not an arcane school student to apply to the school and uh, you will will benefit greatly with it with sane and wise help. Thank you, Kathy.
0: Thank you so much, David. It's so true, um, as the Tibetan has mentioned, and as you have learned from your own experience, that too rapid an opening of one's uh, centers is not at all to be advocated. I've met a number of people, people such as yourself who have been severely damaged and people don't recognize that although it might be somewhat easy to open those those subtle mechanisms in the in the body, um, trying to close them down is not another thing altogether. And so really thank you for the humility and uh, of your sharing. Really
1: appreciate that. You're welcome. Santana, hello?
3: Hello. Um, Well, um, jumping on what David said, uh, I was in a spiritual order in England when I was 21. And I had a huge expansion of consciousness that thankfully my teachers shut down. But I, at that point, wasn't even aware. It was as if my soul was leading me, not my personality, And I think because of work done in past lives, this culmination happened at that age. But and then the life went through different cycles of, you know, having children and and different things, which really grounded me. But um, the teachings always been with me. But I wanted to focus on the primary qualities needed in order to tread the spiritual path in today's world. And I think detachment is huge. Uh, It's so easy to observe all the darkness and all the unethical, unfair mandates and what have you that have been going on that have been hurting people. And um, also to have compassion and understanding and trying to lift the consciousness constantly to the center, constantly lift up above all the the darkness, chaos, and turbulence of the world and direct the highest light that you have into the new group of world servers who are working on many levels to try and um, turn this around and create thought forms of solution for these world problems, but also to realize there are times and cycles and there are light cycles and dark cycles, constructive cycles and destructive cycles. And it's almost as if sometimes certain things need cleared away before the new can be born. So um, that's all I would would say today. But I'm very appreciative of the school and the the wisdom teaching, which I've had from several directions because... It just is very beautiful. It's very expanding of the consciousness and um, helps you to put other people first, put service first before personal development. And also the more you develop, the more and more you do become aware that you are actually part of a group. Uh, So thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Santana. It's
0: um, as you and David both reiterated, it isn't necessarily easy to find um, the guidance that many people are seeking today. And thank you both for plugging the Arcane School, um, Alice Bailey's uh, contribution to her, her teacher, her ashramic service was to create uh, this school with a group of other people over many, many years. And over, over the years of its existence, many, many seekers from all parts of the planet have been served in a very wise and uh, safe and caring way. So any of you who might be interested, please go to the Lucis Trust website um, and the section on the Arcane School, and you'll find a brief um, questionnaire there if you want more information about this uh, safe and effective training.
1: Oh Emmanuel. Hello, Emmanuel.
0: Can you unmute your microphone? There you go.
4: You hear me? Yes. Well, na- wonderful presentation. You know, the uh the great invocation is a formula for the new age. And one of its potent effects is acceleration, speeding up. Yeah. So it will seem that since we've been told that the planetary logos is taking an initiation, all of us are involved in some form of initiation. Right. Everything is being speeded up. But like you said, in the old days, the old form, the centers were primary but the centers are centers of fall. So whatever focus you one makes on the centers is only for this lifetime. It doesn't carry over because it is superficial. But there are places where we can actually speed up. You can actually accelerate we can actually, so to say, break the rules and do it over and over and over again, and do it safely. And that place is the development of the virtues. Yeah. If we put all our energies into developing the virtues, then we shall actually be making real progress because The virtues are the qualities of the soul. Therefore, it will be a soul effect which has a lasting and enduring continuity. It is interesting in discipleship in the New Age Volume 2 when the Tibetan was given, I think the last, the last write up to one of his disciples and it tells the disciple who spent time pondering and developing the virtues. It says through the virtues, there are energies which pour in through the disciple into the world. Well. And he listed, he said so was gonna give them 12 virtues and on page 660, he started saying the first one was group love. He said this group love was embracing individuals. Just mm-hmm. imagine what will happen to the human being when he or she puts all his energy, all his energies into embracing individuals. The transformation mm-hmm. was spectacular. Then he went to humility, signifying personality attitude, right values. Right appraisals, right attitude. Then he went to service, which was the third one. It says, This service ind- indicates your soul's preoccupation. All these are virtues. Then he comes to patience. And he says, Patience was signifying embryonic immortality. You want mm. to get immortality, practice patience. In some languages, patience is described as taking the heart and placing it gently down. Then it went to life. It says express activity. Then tolerance, which is the first expression of Buddhic understanding, mysterious intuition, Buddhic quality, what is it? And it gives us a great hint when it says tolerance because tolerance will express upon the consciousness to embrace the whole universe, starting from your family, your community, your region, your nation, your tribe, your... I mean, and it goes on tolerance. It says, it is fair expression of Buddhic understanding and identification with others, which is embryonic fusion. I'm reading this, so I'm not. I'm not reciting this from memory. Okay. Then it comes compassion, which is essentially the right use of the pairs of opposites between the left and the right. What is between the pairs of opposites? What is between the pairs of opposites when we consider the spiritual tribe and the personality? Is the soul, which is in between. So these pairs of opposites. Walking the middle way is walking the way of the soul. Then sympathy. It says sympathy. Sympathy is the consequence of knowledge and of the unfoldment of the knowledge patterns. We want to develop the, the patterns. Sympathy, practicing sympathy, would develop the knowledge patterns. Then it comes to wisdom. It says, which is the fruit of love and indicates the awakening of the love patterns. So sympathy and wisdom we develop the two tiers of petals, the knowledge petals, and then the love petals. The love petals are significant because they actually determine the nature of the egoic lotus. And then finally, it comes to sacrifice, which is the giving of the heart's blood. So when we count all this, it's only eleven. So where is the twelfth virtue? elicit us is the center of all the virtues and that is love. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Emmanuel. Thank you so much. Yeah, interesting in relation to this idea of speeding up. um, The Tibetan has said, asked his disciples to ponder upon the necessity for speed. And so, although there are many dangers incident to this speeding up process, it is part of the plan. And so we have to learn to adapt because in another instance, he says the the quality that most hinders the work of the disciples in the world is sloth. And so we can all um, ponder that one as well. Michael, I see your hand raised.
5: Hi, Kathy. Can you hear me?
0: Yes. Hi.
5: Hi, uh, thank you, Kathy, for your wonderful presentation, and for Emmanuel also for for sharing and everybody for sharing. It's a really great topic, and I feel like it's going to be hard to follow on from what Emmanuel said because he it was covered pretty much everything you need to cover. It seemed like almost <laughs> all 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 encapsulating. Um, but I just wanted to draw attention to something I think Emmanuel did mention one quality that I think is very needed. Um, in treading the spiritual path in today's world, your first question there is this quality of impersonality, which is um, a very misunderstood quality. Um, I would say it's perhaps most akin to stoicism and the fact that the personality is, the personality defined as the accumulation of all of one's Lower nature, the entire vehicle that one uses to interact with the world of the emotions, the concrete mind, and of the physical body, is sort of disregarded as unimportant when it comes to the nature, comes to matters of the soul, and that the soul always takes precedent. So this quality of of impersonality is really a way of of rising above those qualities, but not necessarily um, suppressing them or shirking them. It's sort of utilizing them rightly, if that makes sense. And the... um, I guess I should just speak from my own experience in that this, my efforts to develop in personality over the years is has gone from one end towards trying to suppress the lower nature entirely um, to trying to find a balance where the, um, I guess the lower self is directed always towards the highest expression of love. And often that requires all the more frivolous things of the lower nature the emotional nature um, to be set aside and, be, and to be disregarded at times you know so I, I, I'm talking in circles now but that's that's all I wanted to share. Thank you.
0: Thank you thank you. Yeah, I think um, impersonality is a is a challenge for many of us because yeah I think we often interpret it far too literally from the perspective of the personality when in essence it is a a quality of the soul, the -hmm. observer, the Zion observer. So somehow we have to be in this world as uh, engaged individuals, not completely detached from, from everything and trying the best we can to reflect the soul's impersonality which is engaged. Uh, we have to engage with this world because we're in it. <laughs> it's not easy. But oh, Thank you.
1: Okay, John. Hello, John, can you unmute? Hello, I see your
0: hand raised, John.
1: Thank you, Kathy. It took
6: me a while to find the unmute button. We, all of us, wherever we are, what we're working on in our evolutionary journey feel the sense of quickening, the sense of time rushing forward as we head towards whatever momentous events wait for us. And I think that's true of not only those of us here, but of the wider world in general. If you look into the faces that you'll see, you'll note that they're sensing the same pressures. And it is a real quandary. I wish I had great wisdom, I too feel like this is an important time and we need to make all the progress we can now. And yet we know the Tibetan always maintains that the uh, the safest road is the slowest. So we look for balance. And if my burden feels a little heavy on me, sometimes I find that if I look around Kathy and into the eyes of others, I know that they're carrying their same burden too even if they're not articulating
1: in the same way that we do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we never know um,
0: what's going on in a a brother or sister on the path. Thank you. You're welcome. I wanted to just read uh, Ginny's wisdom. She said, I would suggest that everyone approach their spiritual journey with the symbol of a turtle. Slow and steady is the best and leads one rightly. Yeah, thank you. And Suzanne says, as disciples were challenged a lot on our path and we learned to use applied wisdom in our every, everyday life and affairs, the group conscious." The group consciousness serves as a protection rather than being alone, selfless service instead of selfish service. We serve in order to protect and are guided by our intuition. Yes, thank you. And Joshua,
1: whoops, there you are, okay. Hello, Joshua? Hello? I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah, I
7: think so. Yeah, no. yeah I thought people's comments uh, were good so far. I would uh, add to it in saying, you know, what what the path, in my estimation, comes down to is just following the the higher self, the self within you. And I think one of the challenges that comes up is the soul's direction, following that over outer directions. And when the outer direction and the soul's direction sort of line up, you know, like, let's say you run into something, the Tibetan says, disciples should do X, Y, and Z. And that's the soul's direction for you. The outer direction of, of what you're reading there, you know, in any other spiritual writing and, and the inner direction line up. The trouble is when, when the outer direction and the inner direction don't line up. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if the Tibetan says all disciples should X, Y, Z at this time or something, and if you're checking within, you might get, oh, actually, that's not for you right now. And, and I think that's, that's some of the difficulty because the outer phenomenal world can hold people back. And it can look very much like the spiritual world um, in some instances. But, but you have to be willing to go with whatever the direction your soul is taking you in over whatever seems to be right or might be your own inclination or, you know, might be what other people are saying or what it says in some book or something. So that's, that's my thoughts. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Those are some of the most difficult um, times in a person's life. When the inner voice is goading you in one direction and the outer world is seemingly goading you in the complete opposite direction. And those are the times of decision and choice. And it's very difficult to always align with the soul, but it seems that if we don't, the same situations will arise again at a later time with even greater ferocity is the word greater ferocity and therefore um, reminding us that the soul has its wishes and the path of sure success um, is the path that follows that wisdom. So uh, Heather writes, recently as I've been doing the triangles daily meditation, the following imagery has come to me that as we work to dispel darkness, the earth is being rebirthed and that this birth is aided by the hierarchy. Never before have humanity and hierarchy been so close and that as we participate in the Triangles of Meditation here, so too do the hierarchy, earth and humanity, have a positive future ahead. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree that we have a positive future ahead and it's always the time factor that stands in the way because the Christ and the hierarchy have firmly made their decision to reappear and whether the time is brief or long before that eventuates, we're told that the Christ cannot go back on that decision and so of course there will be a rebirth and a renewal on our planet and it's up to us to make it happen sooner rather than later. And one more comment and then we'll close from Suzanne. One of the primary qualities needed to tread the spiritual path is the realization one must keep on keeping on, knowing that the dweller on the threshold, the personality must find the middle way amid the old glamours and desires, persistence, making haste slowly, hold the light in the head. Yes, that is so, so needed, that persistence, that ability to keep on keeping on. And we can all draw on the support of our group, of the discipleship group, of the new group of world servers, and our understanding of the subjective factors that are underlying the outer chaos. And if we don't keep on keeping on, who will. And so thank you so much, Suzanne, for reminding us. And thank you all for your comments. And we will definitely read all of those comments and we appreciate your sharing with the group. So let's now hold this moment. I should say, just reminding everyone that this Sunday is the Libra full moon meditations in the Geneva London and New York headquarters. In New York, we'll be meeting at a different time, at 4 p.m. rather than our usual meeting at six in order to accommodate the meditation at the exact time of the full moon. So we hope as many of you as possible can join us for that special opportunity. So let's come together with a brief closing visualization, visualizing the planet, Surrounded by a network of triangles,
1: radiating the energies of light and goodwill. Oh. Thank you.